Hungry homies, spring training is in full swing. It's time to start thinking Yahoo fantasy baseball drafts. You still have a couple of days to flex your skills as a real GM. The Yahoo fantasy baseball app weekly lineup format makes it even easier. Use this feature, set active players to set your lineup for the week in one tap. That's incredible. The Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. Sign up now at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball. Hungry Homies also happy to be brought to you today by Hanes. Hanes is America's number one brand of underwear. and They just made it more comfortable. The Comfort Flex Fit Underwear is the latest innovation in comfort from Hanes. Comfort Flex Fit is cool, comfortable, and supportive. It's so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing it. Kyle, the producer, I have on right this second. Hanes Comfort Flex Fit. They're so comfortable, I forgot I had them on. How do they do it? With a breathable pouch for support and roomy fit. You will want to replace all your underwear after you try these awesome Hanes. I have five pairs. That is no exaggeration. It will not break the bank because you can get a pack of three for 15 bucks, less than half of what you pay for a single pair of the crazy expensive designer underwear. You don't need those crazy expensive designer underwear. Get yourself two, three packs. That's just 30 bucks. That's six pairs of underwear. That's a week worth. Give them a try at Hanes.com or wherever you may buy your Hanes. All right, all right, all right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, my culinary comrades, welcome back to yet another fantastic and exciting edition of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. I am your hungry host, Joe House. As you know, House of Carbs is part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Speaking of the Ringer Podcast Network, check out Recapables, the new show Billions. And by new show, I mean new season, season three of Billions, the brilliant series by Brian Koppelman. Ringer staffers are recapping every episode of Billions. Also on ringer.com, check out Allison Herman. She's got for you the best recent Netflix specials. And you should be checking in at ringer.com on the daily anyway, because I can't possibly mention all the fantastic content that is being generated. Speaking of fantastic content, we have on today's show our good pal from the infatuation.com, Chris Stang. You're not pronouncing it correctly. And I learned this throughout the process of the acquisition that it is Zagat, like the cat. Zagat! And of course, we have food news. I guess bacon shampoo would be superior to the smell of old cigarette smoke, but who knows? And another little quick visit from our pal, Mallory Rubin, the monarch of a movable feast. I cannot get enough of the chili cheese dog. It is one of my absolute favorite things in the world. (laughs) All of that and more for your gustatory enjoyment and pleasure. Let's get into that belly with our good pal, Chris Stang. All right, my hungry homies, you will recall that this past fall we had on, we were very 
pleased to have on, we felt lucky to have on, the co-founders of The Infatuation, the website, newsletter, mobile app, Instagram network, and text message recommendation service founded by our boys Chris Stang and Andrew Steinthal. We promised when we parted ways, it was a blissful parting in the fall, that we would have them back on when new and exciting developments were occurring on the infatuation timeline. And here we are, spring 2018. A couple things are shaken out. So we had to hit them up. We've got, uh, with all due respect to Andrew, the more handsome of the two, Chris Stang. Welcome back What's to up? House of Cards. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I appreciate all of your, I will accept all of your compliments. Yeah, well, they're going to keep flowing because, Great, you know, at the at the end of the day, it's been pretty well established by now. We've doing, been doing this show for about eight months. I basically end every segment with uh, a, a, an invitation that is me inviting myself to whatever it is that our guests have going on. So I'm going to be nice to you because I want an invite to, to one of these things that we're talking about uh, here today. Um, so we, we have you on today, two exciting things going on at the infatu infatuation, uh, one involving, and let's, let's just right out of the box, um, get one important area of this cleared up. You guys acquired a business that I have been calling all of my life Zagats. Yeah. Yes. Am I calling it by the correct name? No, absolutely not. You are not you're not pronouncing it correctly. And I learned this throughout the process of the acquisition that it is it is Zagat, like the Zagat. cat. Zagat. Yes. So Tim and Nina. Yes. All do all respect Tim and Nina. Zagat. That's right. I saw them last night. We were talking about this exact topic. That's our main goal is to get people to start pronouncing it correctly. That's like the, the whole <laughs> that's the main metric by which we'll measure success. We're, we're going to be at the forefront of that. Yes, uh, this is day revolution. one, ground zero. Yes, exactly. There we go. The Zagat revolution. There it is. Um, well, that's kind of the perfect segue. Talk to me about the infatuation's acquisition of Zagat. Yeah, well, you look, you said that we would come back on as soon as we had a new development. So we bought we bought Zagat just to get ourselves back on House of Carbs. So we well win. done. Success. Well done. Um, yeah, no, we uh, look, we, you know, it sort of all came together uh, starting in October. And, you know, we were just really excited at the opportunity once it presented itself, because, you know, we what we believe so much is that building a brand is really critical in this space. You need to build a brand that people trust that they have a relationship with and uh, you know, Zagat is certainly a brand. It's a, it's probably the most successful brand in the space that's ever existed. I mean, it started in 1979 and, uh, you know, it can be identified by color alone. There aren't too many of those that exist in this world. So it was, uh, something that, you know, we jumped at the opportunity. We got really excited because we saw a path to, uh, you know, bringing Zagat into the fold with the infatuation and letting them operate, independently and side by side with two different purposes. And uh, we just really, really got excited about that, you know, the potential of that. So uh, yeah, we're, we're pumped. So that's uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about right off the bat, which is um, the two different purposes. So I'm just going to describe my own long storied relationship with Zagat, even though I've been calling it by the wrong name. Yeah, um, I was going to say for, for I mean, years. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It has been to me a trusted resource for at least, you know, 15 years, 20 years, 
uh, you know, coincident with my enthusiasm for food, my curiosity to go try new food. And I am, you know, by, by now, uh, such a firm subscriber to uh, their, the breadth of their content, the depth of their content, and the dose, the way that they sort of dole out a very quick hit. So I, I use, um, I have come to use Zagat for a couple of things. In the first place, if I'm going to a new place and there, uh, you know, I want to try um, the pizza in that place, for instance, I like that you can go find, it has been the case until the infatuation came along, Zagat fill help me fill that hole. I also like very much, you know, their their rating system, um, their n- numerical system, has been very reliable across the board in 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 my experience. And the user review, you know, taking a couple sentences of input from um, consumers and customers, very effective for a person like me who just wants kind of a, a quick dose. So yeah. with, the, with that sort of very well-established platform that they have, how, how is that going to sort of coexist with what you guys are doing? Well, so the, the, the really the most important part for our purposes is that last part uh, that you mentioned in terms of the user reviews, because what we started thinking about was what are the things that we can do with this brand and property that we wouldn't do with the infatuation? And so, you know, the infatuation has always been and always will be a an editorial driven sort of single point of view uh, that we spend a lot of time and energy writing these reviews with the well-trained staff of writers and editors around the, around the world. Uh, but it's really meant to be, this is how we feel about this place. Hopefully, you know, we're right. And uh, ideally you trust us, but you're not going to get a mix of opinions. You're going to get our point of view on something. Uh, whereas with Zagat, it really was the first ever example of true user-generated content in the space. You know, 1979, uh, Tim and Nina had their friends filling out surveys that then they would compile into these little short reviews that you're talking about. Uh and so, you know, as it's evolved, that to your point has become one of the you know most important parts of that brand is that it's a uh, it's a representation of a community's opinion on a, on a place. And so, being able to have both of those things is really exciting to us. And what we really want to do is take you know the brand, what it represents, uh, and this idea of a community driven platform and develop it into something for the future that can really live alongside our infatuation brand of editorial driven content. So that's why it made a lot of sense for us. That's why we're really, uh, you know, uh, just really jumping at the chance to develop something new that we can use to engage a community and let them write their own reviews and contribute into a platform that ideally, you know, one thing that's always been great about Zagaz is that people that used to fill these surveys out you know, they felt like they were a part of something and they were contributing to, you know, uh, this resource and putting their own point of view into it. And we hope that we can, uh, you know, make that uh, possible again with a new technology, new technology and a new platform that exists for, you know, right now and into the future. So I have two sort of questions. I'm, I'm musing aloud here a little bit. It seems like there's kind of an opportunity, especially on the user generated side, uh, and maybe I ought not to talk about potential c- uh, competitors by name, although there is one thing that's jumping to mind whose name kind of rhymes with kelp. Um, not, I'm not familiar. Okay, good. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> never heard, never heard <laughs> of it. Never heard of kelp. Uh, nope. well, new be, new startup. I'm, like... get, I'm guessing it's a new startup <laughs> of some sort, but... 
<laughs> Sounds cool. Right. I I, fa- I, I uh, um, tend to zoom right past that as a resource in my own experience because the um, quality of input um, tends to be highly variable, and it is why I'm I have always been drawn to Zagat. Even though I said the name wrong, I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> no, um, no, make it yours. Make it uh, yours. You're part of the community. You make it yours. It's fine. <laughs> but I, the, I've always been pulled there because of that big differentiating factor. What I'm interested in in hearing a little bit about is as infatuation, which I've tended to consider um, in my own consumption of it as more of a longer form place, you know, where sure. I want to sort of get a, a deeper dive uh, on a particular establishment is is the marriage going to produce an opportunity for users and by users i mean eaters the hungry homies out there <laughs> to be a, a little more um thoughtful a little more deliberate in terms of of what populates the the zagat space yeah i mean that's exactly what we want to create and continue you know like you said it's it's that work has been done in in many ways throughout the process of them you know building a brand over the span of 40 years but that really the thing that we get, you know, that, that makes so much sense in terms of why we think we can create a better alternative to the things that are out there is, you know, there needs to be a sense of community around a platform that's driven by, you know, user content. And there needs to be uh, a sense of this idea that people are uh, building something together that's useful and that will serve a purpose. And that's why I think also just domain expertise in a, a specific use case, meaning that, you know, the Zagat that we're going to build for the future will just be about food and restaurants. And it hopefully will be populated by people that are passionate about food and restaurants and knowledgeable about food and restaurants and aren't there necessarily just to air a grievance, but that want to help other people discover things and want to put their own touch on the way they write about an experience that they had. And um, I think that's really the difference. And the big challenge for us, you know, in terms of of making something really compelling uh, for the future is it, we, we keep sort of talking about the fact that it's probably much less of a product uh, challenge. I mean, there'll be plenty of product challenges and we want to build great products, but, you know, getting a whole bunch of people to come together around, you know, putting content into a platform to create something useful, it will also be a marketing challenge. So, we think we're pretty good at marketing. We've certainly worked really hard to build a brand with the infatuation. We've worked really hard to build community around the infatuation. And we want to apply all, all of those skills to this new challenge. And we think that'll really be a, a you know key. I mean, we're, we're extremely lucky that we have great uh, engineers and product people on the team now that are uh, you know already hard at work on this. But it'll be a, a full company effort in terms of applying the skills that we've developed just building you know the infatuation over the years to... Uh, to the Zagat brand. All right, let's take a quick minute to hear from our friends at Masterclass. Hungry homies, imagine learning cooking from Gordon Ramsay or photography from Annie Leibovitz or basketball from Steph Curry. Now you can with Masterclass. Masterclass produces online classes taught by the very best in the world. Did you hear those names? Choose from classes taught by over 30 masters across a wide range of fields, such as writing, 
cooking, film, acting, and many more, all beautifully produced and carefully curated. Whether you are pursuing your passion, developing your career, or just looking to learn something new, Masterclass gives you access to the best at their craft so that you can master yours. Are you interested in more than one class, my friends? Check out the All Access Pass. With the new All Access Pass, you can unlock every class from over 30 masters, all for the price of just two classes. House of Carbs listeners can get the All Access Pass at masterclass.com slash carbs. Learn from the best in the world at masterclass.com slash carbs. That's masterclass.com slash C-A-R-B-S carbs. So, so a couple questions about um, how it will sort of operate uh, practically. Will Zagat continue to have its own Instagram space or are you guys going to be sort of co-branding? How will that work? No, we're running. I mean, we have control of the uh, socials as as of right now. We're still running their Instagram, and we'll continue to do that. And uh, you know, the brand the brand in that sense will live on its own. We obviously want to, you know, apply our expertise in social and our point of view on how to build community on social to the Zagat platforms. But uh, yeah, you'll see them on Instagram. You'll see Zagat on Twitter. You'll see it on Facebook, just like you see any other brand that you would engage with in the space. And the same thing true of their um, numerical ranking system? Yeah, I mean, we so we're just getting into pulling all of this tech and uh, all these platforms into our own ownership and standing them up on our own uh, servers and things like that. So we have a lot of work to do before we make any decision about the rating system, things like that. We don't have any plans right now to change anything, um, but really right, what we're about to face is a process of, uh, transition, then evaluation, and then you know starting to sketch out and build the product that we want it to become. Well, the one thing, let me give you um, my own take, Please. sort of right out of the box as you're thinking it through. Don't mess with any of their like you know ten bests or eight bests or twelve bests because uh, I rely on those. Uh, I'm, I, I think you guys and them together, that's a powerful force for um, really creating and populating, you know, the uh, 10 best brunch places in D.C. at the moment or the, you know, the nine best Peruvian chickens yeah. um, in in uh, in that, wherever, uh, Northern Virginia. Those are important um, uh, elements of content that Zagat um, does a great job at. So, and you guys, you know, to your credit, when you go on the site, you have some of that sort of um, organizational uh, uh, principle. And, and you know, I like your lists as well. I just knew about Zagat before I knew about you because sure. they existed well, before you I, existed. Absolutely. And look, there's, first of all, we are so, especially in this stage of the game, so open to feedback from anyone who is a, you know, passionate user of Zagat. And that's a big part of what we're going to make sure we do is, you know, we want to be iterative about things and we, we're not, you know, we want to talk to the community, listen to the community, get feedback before we start to just set off, you know, building things and um, changing things and, and so forth. But, you know, also the other side of this is that so rarely is the restaurant recommendation, you know, thing, a, it's not a zero sum game for most people. So, we want to take all the things that Zagat has done and is doing very well and amplify them and continue them and figure out how they can be complementary for a user uh, in terms of like, you know, also 
interacting with an infatuation guide. And, and, and honestly, they're, they're different by nature anyway. The infatuation is always, our guides are so situational. You know, we have guides that, yeah. you know, relate to really like all kinds of things from, you know, where to go to dinner with someone who you don't know that well to, you know, first date guides to uh, a super cute restaurant where you can go catch up with some friends, right? So they're they're more situational. The 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 Zagat thing has always been sort of built on indexes and rankings uh, based on what the community thinks. So those two things we think can live very harmoniously together. And and how about that experience? I know we're you were at the very outset, and you've um, done a good job of describing the process you're going to undertake. What I'm looking forward to is one-stop shopping, which is to say I've, I've, I've run across, um, you know, I want to do this quick survey, uh, a sort of Zagat focused survey of a locale that I haven't eaten at. And I just want to see, you know, 10 names, 10 sushi names, right? Uh, I'm going to sure. be in, in San Francisco. So, well, that's not a good example because everybody does great sushi reviews in San Francisco, but you get the point. Get the point. Will absolutely. I be able to, will I be able to sort of use that that canvassing, which is my natural um, oh, I like use that word, of Zagat, and then jump from that that sort of, you know, concept into what I personally, the way that I've tended to consume infatuation, which is, let me get my deeper dive now. I have two names that I'm psyched, uh, and I, I now trust infatuation's ratings. There's an 8.4 here, and there's, a you know, an 8.6 there. Let me do that deeper dive. Is that... Um, one of the ways this marriage might work? Absolutely. How exactly that looks, you know, we'll have to figure that out over time. Um, but that's word, what we word, want. Word. You know, we we want we want people to be able to, you know, ideally we want to build and maintain and retain trust with both brands and then put, you know, both brands uh, in a place in which, you know, the, the content, the reviews, the guides are discoverable. And hopefully that's all you need is an infatuation point of view on something and a Zagat community you know, point of view on something. And those two things, ideally they align and you feel very comfortable in the decisions you're about to make uh, when picking a place. But how that manifests itself in terms of product and all of those other things, we're still going to have to figure that out, but uh, we're confident we will. And, and there's also another part of this too, which is just that you know, so many people when they do quote unquote canvas. I love that word. I'm going to steal it. Uh, but when they do start to, <laughs> when they do start to look for these kinds of things, you know, so often the first place they start is on Google, right? So you start to search something and ideally, you know, us being two of the things you see when you start a search rather than one is, is exciting as well. So, um, yeah, I mean really, and it, it's, it's, it's what we think about every day is how, how do we as a company, uh, serve a user and we just we really just want to be as a company and and for both brands we just want to be useful to people we want to work really hard so that you know we're a part of your life and your passion for food and restaurants and dining and that when you come across the infatuation and now Zagat that you feel like we will provide you some value in your in your canvassing for food yeah so so drinks. yeah, uh, in the first place, um, you get to have canvassing, but again, Thank you. I need a, I need I need an invite. I need a standing invite. Yeah, um, no, no, you're, we'll give you a royalty of just a free pass to any infatuation <laughs> event that we do. So yes, that's all that I'm after. I'll have the um, lawyer. I'll have the lawyers get in touch. Well, this is one of those instances, uh, those happy instances where two places that I naturally go to um, that I, I trust are, are combining for the forces of good. And I'm very excited to see <laughs> what you. you guys are, are sort of capable of together. Um, don't 
betray my trust. And and, we, and in the we first would never and, and do look, such a thing. In this, in this, in that manner, please don't call me a user. I'm an eater. I'm not yeah, a user. Yeah, that's true. I'm, you are a person. Eater, You're a Chris human Day. being that has needs and feelings. <laughs> I did not mean to categorize you like I, that. I, I hate mean, that. My, I sound my, like I, that. Just makes me sound like one of the like. Well, you know, so we, we got to put people in the top of the funnel and then you know run them through. Like that's not. Ah! You're in the funnel. There, you're in the it, you're in the funnel now. Is it a funnel cake? Is it's it a funnel cake? It's a funnel cake. It's a funnel cake. It's a frosted with conversions and other marketing yes. terms. Well, perfect segue into the other reason that I wanted to have you on, which is funnel cakes. The, the, the recent announcement. You got it, brother. The recent announcement of EatCon Two, the second annual that is once again going to be convened out in Santa Monica, California. Um, tell the hungry homies about what y'all got in store for this year. Yeah, we're really excited. You know, it's like you said, year two. So uh, it's bigger and better and uh, just generally more awesome. Uh, but no, we, you know, we obviously doing a food festival at a large scale is extremely challenging. We were very happy with uh, the way things that the way things shook out last year, had a bunch of people come out, had a great time. Um, really, you know, it was all about community and and great food and great drinks and great people. So very excited to do it again. Uh, we are this year bringing more restaurants from outside of California into uh, the Barker Hangar in Santa Monica. Everything from uh, Han Dynasty based out of Philadelphia to Russ and Daughters to Liho Liho Yacht Club in San Francisco. Uh, and that we did uh, in partnership with uh, a brand that we love, love to work with called Caviar. Um, and, uh, we like and yeah. caviar. Yeah, I use the F out of caviar. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah. And so, you know, we, we, like I said, more restaurants, we'll, we'll, we'll sell some more tickets this year because now we have successfully done one that did not fall, fall in on itself. Uh, knock on wood, that won't happen this year, but no, I mean, you know, we, we were really, like I said, we, we were just excited that we sort of felt like we proved out the concept of a food festival that felt a little more like a music festival than the things you see out there but where the restaurants are the headliners. And again, it really, for us, is all about community, getting people together who share a similar passion to spend a day in Santa Monica eating great food. Not, uh, yeah, not, a, a, not a tough what a, sell. What a, what a hard sell, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned music. You had music last year. Shall, shall there be music this year? There will be music this year. And uh, Are I'm we allowed excited. to name names yet? Yeah, we can because of when this is airing. So we will be having uh, the Spencer Lee Band and All Gavin right. Turek, who are two amazing up-and-coming artists. And that was a lot of what we decided with this one. was that, and, and last year was certainly that way with Lizzo and the Knox. Mm -hmm. But uh, we really just want this to be about discovery. So if we can help people discover great new music that they haven't seen or heard before that's you know that's what we're after so uh two great musical acts that we're really excited about and then on top of it which we did last year as well we're really expanding out our uh, programming in terms of pa uh, panels and speakers so we'll be doing um, a ton of different panels that range from everything to you know from uh, the cannabis space because it's even more relevant now in California that it's legal uh, and how that sometimes sure. inter sometimes intersects with food uh, in one yeah. one one way or another. I've and then that. I've heard that as well. I've not. I have no idea from firsthand experience, but from what no, I've told. No. Uh, but then, told. yeah, from what I've been told. And then you know, on top of that, we're we're even diving into you know other. 
uh, more serious but important issues from you know how food can you know be used for social good, uh, sexual harassment in the restaurant industry. We're just trying to bring really interesting voices to the table and have a conversation and hopefully inspire people and help help them think about things in a different way so that it's not, you know, yes, it's a food festival that you should come to and have a great time and hang with your friends, but hopefully you can also engage around uh, music and uh, content in a way that feels valuable and fun. Yeah, I, that that sounds um, great. And I uh, am very excited to hear how this year goes. I am. Well, you're going to be there. Is, well, this is the thing I'm don't, working don't on. Don't bail it. on me. Don't bail on me I'm now. Work, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Can't but do here's that. The, here's the thing. Here's my question. And I'm not inclined. I, You know, you guys are very ambitious. You've accomplished quite a bit. I don't really want to add add to the plate, right? But um, what about the East Coast? The East Coast is coming. We're going to have a big announcement to make very soon. I would love to do it right this moment, but uh, soon after. I'll give you, how about this? We'll give you the exclusive. We'll let you guys, we'll let you guys go nuts and tell the world. But yeah, we will have something for the East Coast. We're very excited to tell everybody about it. And, you know, generally we want, we really want to develop this into a festival that, that happens in a lot of places and we want to reach a lot of people with it. So we will be doing uh, more. You, You mentioned ambitious. We are definitely that sometimes. I am scared irresponsibly so, but we, uh, <laughs> we we do a lot of things at the same time. I think we do them pretty well. We're always trying to make sure we execute. But yeah, well, you know, New York's yeah. coming, well, I, East Coast is coming, and even yeah, you know, I, even beyond. When, when you when you guys do great things like export um, East Coast classics like Han Dynasty and Russ and Daughters, and and when folks you know out in that L, greater LA area who've who've maybe never had um, the the benefit of of Russ and Daughters locks. Um, get a get a taste of that. I want that experience here on the East Coast. I want some of that cross. I want something from the left coast coming out here do. to where it's to where it's right. I need yeah. that kind of importing to my neck of the woods so that we can, you know, have a proper co-coastal sharing. You know what I'm talking about. hundred percent. And we will continue to do that. I mean, that's really part of what we want to do is offer up experiences that people can't have. You know, the, the idea is that you know, even with LA, with the local stuff, right? We are, there are restaurants that we're bringing to the festival that you don't see at festivals a lot. And that you, you know, that people, hopefully again, it all goes back to discovery, but you know, it's not just about coming and, you know, experiencing, you know, eating at a restaurant that you've been to a bunch that, you know, is in West Hollywood or in, you know, the Lower East Side, you know, we have a great place called Lunasia, which is a San Gabriel Valley uh, Chinese restaurant that does great dim sum. They'll be there, and there's a nice. uh, there's a famous bakery called Portos, which is uh, a Cuban run bakery out of Burbank that is an incredible place that maybe we can help people on the west side discover that they haven't uh, of LA. So always our focus is to bring new, exciting, you know, exclusive experiences to these things and get people fired up and uh, feed them, you know, locks and pastrami and. Yes, and dim, and dim yes. sum, all those things, and dim sum all yeah. all at once on the same plate. That's right. And then all we need to do to all we need to do to round this out is to get House of Carbs broadcasting live from all of them. So <laughs> let me know when you want to work that out because that would yeah, be... we'll we'll figure it out. You know the old Rashid Wallace. It's CTC. You know what you know That's what right. CTC is. No, right? I don't. Cut the check, Chris. Oh, cut, cut the, the check. check. Uh, well, how about so how about C- what if what if what if the checks are funnel cakes? 
Yeah, dude, we're very much an in-kind operation. All Believe right, me, I've, I've done far more for far less, so I, that, I'm 100% in. Believe that's that. The, that's the currency we trade in at the infatuation. <laughs> that's, that's my kind of currency. Yeah. Chris Stang, as always, uh, very, very pleased to have you come, come along, and we're looking forward to having you on again, and maybe we'll be Thank making you. some news together. I'm excited to hear about this East Coast thing. Yeah, um, let's do that. Yeah, that'll that be a fun be... announcement. Absolutely. I will do whatever. I mean, clearly we bought a company to get back on, so we'll do whatever we need to to get back on House of Carbs. You just let me know <laughs> what, what we got to do. All right. Appreciate you, Chris Stang. Thank you so much. Wonderful to be back, and thanks for having me. Word up. All right. As always, big thanks to our homie Chris Stang from Infatuation. He gave us all that wonderful rundown and the lowdown on their acquisition of Zagats. Food news is around the corner as always. But first, a quick word from our pals at RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar with a few simple, clean ingredients which all serve a purpose. You have egg whites for protein. You have dates. Dates are wonderful. Dates to bind and nuts for texture. In the interest of full transparency, all of these core ingredients are labeled right on the front of the package. No BS, and we're not talking about Bill Simmons there. They are perfect for breakfast on the go, a snack at the office to throw in your bag for a bike ride, a hike, traveling, anything. Better yet, beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX bars actually taste delicious. I will attest to this. I have had many varieties of the RX bar. I'm particularly fond of all the varieties that feature chocolate because that's what kind of a day bar guy I am, especially when I'm having my mid-afternoon coffee. But let me tell you, with 11 delicious flavor varieties, all of which are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and free of any added sugar, artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or fillers, you could taste the cacao, the real fruit. The spices, like sea salt. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there is an RX bar for you. For 25% off your first order, my hungry homies, visit rxbar.com slash carbs and enter promo code carbs at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash carbs, promo code carbs for 25% off your first order. All right, my culinary comrades, we are coming up on food news. But first, we are joined, of course, by the one and only Duchess of Delivery, the monarch of movable feast, Mallory oh. Rubin, for this special segment, The Perfect Order, brought to you by our friends at Caviar. So, Mal, as wow. you know, Caviar is our favorite way to get delicious meals from our best local restaurants. It is almost opening day. We're a couple days away from the very first pitch. Let's hear what you have in mind for the oncoming baseball season. First of all, I'd just like to quickly compliment you for keeping the monikers fresh. Your your commitment to the bit is just, it's unrivaled. It's exceptional. It's exceptional. Uh, 
opening day is a, it's a holy day for me. It's one of the highest of holy days, as you know. It's you know the one day a year where I can talk myself into believing that the Orioles will bring me joy instead of despair. And we got all the teams playing on opening day, so you need, you almost need to think about opening day this year like the beginning of March Madness. Like you need to be fueled up. And so, house, I want to start with some breakfast. <laughs> oh, talk to me now. Of course, the you're games, on the West Coast. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. The games start early. So I want some griddle cakes to pair with my first pitch. I want breakfast by Salt's Cure. This is exclusive to Caviar. And okay. I also think that this is really well suited for an office environment, which is where I will find myself on opening day because... They don't mess around with syrup on the griddle cakes. They've got the the balance, the flavor profile, all of it. It's a science. And so you can get as many oatmeal griddle cakes as you want without worrying about too much of a mess. I personally, I want the chocolate chip. That's my perfect, my perfect griddle cake is going to have chocolate chips. And then, house. Talk to me. I need some savory. I need some savory after yeah. my sweet. So I am transitioning for lunch to Roscoe's fried chicken, which is now on caviar. Oh, no way. NFW. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, I'm serious. Are you kidding me? It's a huge development, a huge development in my life. Roscoe's is now on caviar. I ordered it over the weekend, delivered it to my home. Just absolutely exceptional. And, you know, I'm thinking about approaching this as maybe an a la carte kind of situation. You know, you get some wings, get some drumsticks, some breasts, some thighs, obviously the greens, which are exceptional. You know, biscuit, cornbread, waffles, of course, that goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, just to be sure. And then, house, mid-afternoon snack for me here, for part of my perfect order on opening day. Why wouldn't you? Yuka's Hut. Have you ever had the pleasure of experiencing Yuka's Hut out in L.A.? No. None of, my, none of my friends in L.A. care about me. OK, well, we're going to we're going to correct this next time you're out here. Yuka's Hut is where you can get among the best burritos and tacos in Los Angeles. But here's the secret I'm going to let you in on. I cannot get enough of the chili cheese dog. It is one of my absolute oh. favorite things <laughs> in the world. Double Incredible. cheeseburger. The shredded beef burrito is among my favorite items. Here's the trick. Here's the trick with Yuka's Hut. And this is where caviar can really help you if you're stuck at work still. Got to get in there before sundown. They close up. It's when the sun sets. That's it. That's when the that's when the hut closes every day. You got to get your All order right. in early enough. Track it using the GPS. See when it's going to get to you. Hopefully, celebrate a walk off crush Davis homer. Maybe Manny Machado <laughs> will be doing something to bring a smile to my face. And that's my perfect order for opening day. You've done it. It's an incredible perfect order for at least one day. The Orioles. I'm rooting for home runs from all of them. I want every Oriole. To at least for one day, you're sure that they're all going to be Orioles. There we have it. That is indeed a perfect order. We've covered all of it. Get the Caviar app or order online at trycaviar.com and pay no delivery fee on your first order. Plus, take $10 off. That's a lot. $10 off oh, yeah. your first order of $30 or more with code CARBS. That's C-A-R-B-S. Valid all the way until April the 30th. 2018. So that's a lot of time to do more great eating. Miss Mallory, thank you for coming on as always. Hey, enjoy the beach. I promise. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right, Taste Buds, as we do here on House of Carbs, it is now time for Food News. Yo, Juliet. Hi, House. How are you? I'm great. I am in Jamaica 
So I'm not quite full Irie, and I promise to not use uh, a terrible Jamaican accent for any aspect of this. But I will say I've already got some curry goat in my belly. I've only been here two days, and I've already I've already got the curry goat. So <laughs> life is good. Um, that's great. I'm jealous. I've never been to the Caribbean, and I would love to go. Just would love to. So hopefully, you, well, hopefully you've never been to day. any Caribbean no, island or, or uh, what? I know the only tropics I've I've um, encountered are in Mexico and Hawaii. Well, that's you're a West Coaster now, so I I understand that. Yeah, and my but, parents you know, just not their scene. So the growing Caribbean's up, pretty good. Do it. I know I got to do. I'm it. in the same boat. I had I didn't start until I was an adult, my own self. Uh, but I recommend it. Lots of great destinations. The Bahamas, pretty great. Yeah, I want to go. Puerto Rico uh, will be on the come up. I've been to Puerto Rico. It's lovely. I can't wait for it to get all the way back on its feet. Here in Jamaica, this is my third trip to Jamaica. It's lovely. The people are wonderful. The Sounds food is phenomenal. outstanding. I just love the beach. So I'm sure I'd be into it. Yeah, you would be into it. Beach is pretty good down here. Beach life is the life um, for me. So I wanted to speak with you. Uh, this is the week of Passover. So I'm going to share with you some of my Jamaican food uh, endeavors so far. But I'm interested in what you might have in tap this week um, with Passover starting at the end of the week. Well... I'm thrilled you asked. I'm having a Passover meal, the Seder, in my backyard. We're doing the night. We're doing it on night two this year on Saturday. It'll. Pop. You're, you're hosting. Yeah, I'm hosting. I host every I year. I didn't know that. Fourth annual. Oh. Yes. I have to confess that this year I will not be making my own matzo balls. I almost always do, but this year I bought. Ooh. I bought. I'm buying them. It's just so much work, okay. and I just. I'm sorry. I, I've been busy. I gotcha. But I'm, I'm getting I them from you. Jones on Third. I know they're going to be good. Um, and then last year for the third annual, I made a, there was a major innovation, which is I live in California and this is an outdoor meal. Let's grill. So I, I make steak <gasps> and then another thing for like my proteins and then I'll have matzo oh kugels. My gosh. Yeah. It's really nice. It's awesome. And like when you grill, it just makes having people over so much easier. And last year it was like 40 people. It's a little bit smaller this year. And so I, yeah, I grill. It's just, it's a game changer. And it's, so it's sort of like a barbecue meets Passover Seder. It's ex- it's really fun. What I a, love Passover. My what? family's coming. My mom makes the haroset, which is the like apples with walnuts and wine and sugar. Basically, it's delicious. I love it all. I think Passover is my favorite um, Jewish tradition. Of course. Uh, I, I like the the um, meal that in that where, where you break the fast and you know there's a huge onslaught sure. of bagels and lox and white fish. And sure, all that that's how Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. I, I'm I'm sorry to to ask this. Uh, please excuse my cultural Ill- illiteracy. How does the um, sort of religious component of Passover you you accommodate uh, both Gentiles and members of the tribe at that at this this Passover uh, barbecue that you host? Is that right? Yeah, it's um. I tr- well, so par- part of Passover is you're supposed to invite at least one non-practicing person because it's supposed to be about like um, opening opening your doors and um, also like you know introducing people to this tradition and it's just really nice so mine is like usually I don't know 50% Jewish but I just like it to be it's sort of like for me it's like Thanksgiving it's kind of like um, introducing my friends and like my favorite people to my favorite holiday and the nice thing about Passover is when you go through um, 
the you know all the readings it's telling a story so for anyone who doesn't know about it it's also like educational and I make my own um, pamphlets every year so I like stitch together from a couple of different sources and I try to include also like some readings that aren't necessarily religious that I just like find to apply and it's really it's really really nice like I look forward to it every year Um, and it's like actually important that's not only Jewish people. Yeah, so that's incredible. Um, I hope you do not take offense at this. The level of, and it, and it makes perfect sense, so uh, I'll stop putting caveats on it up front. Your enthusiasm for this compared to your enthusiasm for Thanksgiving, it's like night and day. <laughs> yeah, this is way better. Right. <laughs> yes, it is way better. That, I this love is, I, 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 Of course, of course, I, I, I get it. It's just a whole different, uh, uh, there is a, a lilt in your voice. There's a hop in your step. I mean, I understand. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's I don't also mean like to not be complicated. <laughs> like, okay. Well, what, what's complicated about Thanksgiving? It's this, this meal, you're making a meal, you're creating, uh, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're creating reading pamphlets. You're, yeah. <laughs> you I just feel like there's pressure. There's pressure on Thanksgiving to like be a great time and to like eat as much as possible. And Passover is less since it's like not a national holiday. It's like le- it's like a less pressure. B, I've taken it over as my own, so I'm like, well, whatever I say goes. And um, I just think that like there's it, it, it's like more open to interpretation. Also, like um, it's a pretty like easy story to tell. It's about you know fleeing from enslavement and whether you like whether you actually believe in some of the the tall tales, which I do not, uh, or there's still like symbolism and meaning in a lot of it. Um, And it's also like, it's also like about being thankful, but also being mindful. You know, like a lot of, I don't know. I just think it's a holiday with a great message for all. And it happens to be Jewish, but I like to open it up to all. And I I also like really enjoy the cooking. Also, I love, um, I love uh, like Israeli and Mediterranean foods. That's like another plus. I don't know. It's just everything about Passover works for me more than Thanksgiving. (laughs) Okay. God bless. I <laughs> wish I was on the West Coast so I could invite myself to this uh, outstanding feast. And I, I apologize again. I apologize the beginning, the middle, and the end. I don't mean to sound like a Luddite. I don't mean to sound like a complete moron. Um, it, this this is a tradition that I'm generally familiar with. I understand, you know, um, the basic message and so forth. I've never been invited to one, which I don't know what, really? that, what that says about me. Yeah, I've never been invited to House, a Passover. Stop hanging out with right. so many non-Jews. Get some DC Jewish friends. <laughs> I have a lot of DC Jewish friends. <laughs> I, I have a dinner month at the club. I'm the only Gentile in, in, in dinner month. Wow. It's five well, Jews in a Gentile dinner club. I'm the only one. But make somehow your way out I know I can't year. get a Passover invite. Make your yeah, way out here next year. <laughs> I, that yeah. would be great. That absolutely. My, my family attends. They come every year now because I I just I do it up big. I like I'm like a real adult. I rent tables and chairs. It's the whole thing. Well, it's also L.A. You know, in in March, like there's snow on the ground still on the East Coast. Like your your yeah. parents have good reason to get the f out of Dodge and I come on out and like, enjoy. What? It, yeah, it'll be a low of 50, 54. That's good. A low of fifty four. Yeah. But mid seventies, right? That's what we're yeah. talking about. Well, the, <laughs> exactly. while the the celebration's going down, it's going to be lovely. You, you know, a couple of sun will be setting. You have your lights. So it's going to be wonderful. Also, we got lucky because the Michigan game is before the Seder on Saturday, so we don't have to worry about managing both at the same time. My family's a, mi- a Michigan <laughs> family. It's a Passover um, miracle. <laughs> I want to ask this gently: If there was a conflict, how would you sort it out? 
I had already made plans and I was going to, I have like a, like a concrete wall in my backyard. I was going to put like a white sheet in one section of it and get um, a projector and we were going to play it like a silent film while we did the, while we did the Seder so everyone could watch. <laughs> and, w- w- and the silent film would have been the basketball game? Yes, it would have been the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I love the contingency planning. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing all of this. I'm now slightly heartbroken that I'm not um, there to join you this year, but we'll make plans for next year. I want to do a quick shout out um, to to, uh, the person that's doing the cooking for for my family down here in in Jamaica uh, and, and other families as well, Chef Tracy Ann Scott. I've only had a handful of meals down here. Uh, heavy portion, heavy dose of of red peas and rice, as you would expect. The two highlights to me so far: the stuffed chocho. Are you familiar with stuffed no, chocho? No, what's that? So, so chocho uh, is a a gourd. It is from the squash family. Uh, I don't know if it originated here in Jamaica, but it's very uh, available here in Jamaica. It grows quite well. And uh, I had a, a lovely version of, of stuffed chocho. You can eat the skin and all uh, the, the, the way it was prepared for me. The other uh, meal so far, outstanding, uh, the curry goat. Here's the secret. We had curry goat. It was in a... In, in a curry sauce that ended up looking like a very rich deep brown gravy and the secret i got chef tracy to tell me she burns the curry you heard of that before no yeah so she takes um yellow curry and it goes with uh butter and garlic and a little vegetable oil and it gets heated to a point where it takes on a lovely brown. Then you can add in, you know, additional uh, uh, onion and, and and ginger and thyme, and you can season it, um, and then you know, sort of build it out with additional oil. Um, and depending on how thin or thick you want to make it, you can put water in. But uh, absolutely beautiful seared goat. I don't know goat, you know, is is, is uh, available in the U.S., but for some reason, I I only eat it when I'm down here in Jamaica. Beautiful curry goat. Uh, so, so far, the highlights, stuffed chocho and the curry goat so far. All right, great. That sounds delicious. I'm really yeah. happy for you. I'll have, thank you. I'll have more of a report uh, <laughs> next week? this time next week. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep track of everything I eat all week long. I'll take some Passover pictures, too. And I'll take some some uh, pictures of Jamaican food as well. Okay, great. <laughs> Follow House so, of Carbs on, um, on Instagram, people. There we go. Let's talk about some stories. Okie dokie. This is a really fun one, and it comes to us from the New York Post, one of the august uh, publications of my lifetime. The headline is, restaurants make big bucks off people who aren't eating a thing. And this is not headed in the direction you were expecting, I'm going to guess. This is a story about third-party apps that work with restaurants to help them bring in a little bit more revenue by directing them to places like the bathroom or... Um, the coat check and <laughs> allows people to use the services that restaurants offer other than the food. For example, there's a Lulu app. It's a mobile app that for a fee directs tourists and other assorted <laughs> people to the nearest available bathroom. It's already signed up 100 New York restaurants and bars and it will launch this summer. This is from their CEO saying, instead of paying a lot of money for a Facebook or Yelp ad, we let restaurants promote a free drink or a discount to our users after they use the bathrooms. The Lulu app den- generates a digital bathroom pass charging anywhere from 99 cents to duck into a pizza dive up to five dollars for a more swanky bathroom that offers lotion super super private stalls and high-end hand towels the restaurants got 60 65 percent of the fee i think this is brilliant 
I, I this is I agree with you. The, the I know the story has some other apps in it, but let's just quickly conquer this bathroom portion first because I want to talk about the other apps as well. So so this is I to me the gig economy for the forces of good as opposed to the forces uh, of evil. And this is you know when you think about a place like New York City that is restaurant dense. And how many hours of a day so many restaurants are not, you know, doing anything in terms of, of uh, generating revenue, making the bathroom available is is quite brilliant. And the idea of matching me. So I'm I can tell you right now, I'm a five dollar swanky bathroom kind of fellow. Uh, I know that I know that's not going to come as a surprise. My move, actually, um, when I'm walking around this New York in minute, particularly Manhattan, is to know where the, like all the nice hotels are. And to go in there. Yeah, exactly. You and me both. That's exactly yeah. right. The nice really hotel. But yeah, I really go in for that as the Carlisle. Just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not going to name names because I don't want anybody else. I don't want to turn anybody on to my array of midtown bathroom uh, bathrooms in the hotels. But I will say there are restaurants with outstanding bathroom facilities that I would like to be paired with. I mean, oh. I've been inside of, of nice restaurants in, in New York. I'm fortunate. And if that if I knew that of this option where I could be paired with a bathroom up to my uh, level of standards, this is quite brilliant. And, I, and it seems like Lulu app can do that. Yeah, definitely. I love it. It tells you like what so, you're going to get, basically. Exactly. I also liked, um, there's a mention of a baggage storage place in, in this story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one uh, called Bag B&B, which splits its $6 per bag fee with restaurants and is also expanding offers to uh, offering commissions to tour operators, Airbnb and hosts, and hotels for suggesting of services to their lodgers. Uh, a quote from there from um, the manager at Pennsylvania Six, a restaurant near Penn Station, says it can be a little hectic in the morning when you have 10 people lined up ready to drop off their bags. But obviously, any extra revenue is great for us. when We are introducing new people to the restaurant. I actually think this one is even more crucial because like how many times have you arrived in a city before your hotel is ready for you and like you just need the place to store your shit? Yeah. And, and store it near wherever I've come in, either yeah. the airport or um, the train station. That is exactly right. I don't want to. Now, a lot of hotels will allow you to go store your 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 luggage in the hotel. But many times when I'm traveling for business, I'm arriving and going straight to my first meeting of the day. And I would love to be able to ditch my bags and going to the hotel is not off always part of the route to get to the to, you know, in between the train station or, or, or uh airport and my first meeting. So having this option, a place nearby uh, um, to drop the bags off is a thousand percent up my alley. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. And then there's one other one called Kettle Space, which is six months old. And it has um, half a dozen deals with restaurants and bars to open their dining rooms to freelancers and entrepreneurs during the off hours. It's, so it's basically charging for like space where you can do work, which I also think is like a great idea. So, right. You don't always, if you're in the position of, you know, you have two hours between things, if you're a traveler or if you live in in the city and you're in your neighborhood and you don't want to go to the coffee shop every single day, having the opportunity to go to, you know, um, your local, uh, not pizza, but, you know, your burger joint, your gastro pub, whatever, and being able to set up shop there a little bit quieter, a little more intimate, less foot traffic. And, you know, building that relationship with those folks probably means you can get a couple snacks out of the out of yeah, the deal. 
Totally. Right? I, I think it's I think it's a good idea. Like one of my just like general experiences being an urban dweller is I wish there were more spaces that you could go to to just hang out. And like that's a major a major complaint I have in L.A. I used to like when I growing up in New York City, we used to kind of impromptu my friends and I just like find places we could hang. A popular one was a Nike, a Nike store on 57th Street. And like we'd go to department stores and just like sit on the couches and whatever. And I, I feel like it's smart for businesses to capitalize on these. It makes me a little depressed that like literally everything is for sale now. But what can you do? This is capitalism. Out of all the places that you want to do get this hang in, though, it feels like a restaurant is the best place because it's built for long term, comfortable seating. Yeah, for sure. And also, if there's Wi-Fi there, it's great. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, I'm, gotta... I'm 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 happy with this. Go ahead. Me too. I got another for you that I think is funny. Ready? Hit me. Einstein Brothers, the bagel chain, which I truly enjoy, has created baking conditioner and cheese shampoo so you can smell like food all day. This story is from Food Beast, and it says Einstein Brothers has launched shampoo and conditioner that leave your hair that will leave your hair smelling like food all day long. You begin with a wash of cheesy shampoo, then lather in baking conditioner so that everyone will think you just had smoky strips of pork belly for breakfast. The hair care products were apparently made to promote one of Einstein's newest items, a bacon and cheddar sandwich. Two bottles are available in a set for $10 in limited quantities. You can buy them online, and they are sold out, apparently. Because people actually wanted these, which I cannot understand. <laughs> However, I, I don't the way think about the KFC ones as well. I know. So we talked about KFC in Japan and that the Japanese apparently were so taken. There was enough of a, of a market in Japan to smell like the KFC experience um, for KFC to, to go ahead and, and, and sell these same kind of products. I don't think that you or I are the demo for this Einstein Brothers no. um, food uh, uh accoutrement. Um, and it sounds to me like a gag more than anything else. But um, if I was in, if this was available when I was in college, I would show up every single day to school, to class smelling like... Oh, um, come on, house. Well, not every single day. I guess once a week. I mean, yeah, at some point, I, I would want to talk to members of the opposite sex, so it couldn't be every day. But cheese and bacon are pretty good be kind of a funny thing for college don't you think i guess it was it's funny you're you not feeling that. it no it's funny you're you mentioned that it. though because um when i was in college and i think this is still the case at northwestern there was a bar on thursday nights that i think allowed smoking inside or at least didn't stop people from doing it and so people would like to, you know stay and it was like a, also a bar that um for reasons I don't know, uh, you know, or, you know I, don't, I don't want to be too specific about anyone could go to, regardless of your age. And so um, it allowed people would like show up to class on Friday morning. So they had an early class and with one of two cents, either smelling like the cigarettes from this bar, the deuce, or smelling so heavily of Febreze. You're like, oh, you didn't have time for a shower. So you just <laughs> covered, you covered your uh, yourself in like an air freshener or something like Febreze your clothes and your head or something. I don't know. It was just, it was very funny. Yuck. It was gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess bacon shampoo would be superior to the smell of old cigarette smoke, but who knows? I, I, I think you're right about that. Um, I would like to know who bought this. It, it says it's, it was officially sold out as of March the 21st. Who Who is the demo? You're not the demo and I'm the demo. Who's the demo? I don't, I really don't know. This actually, sorry. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just people who love Einstein Brothers bagels, maybe? <laughs> Fine. 
Great. <laughs> let's, let's, maybe somebody can write in and tell us. Um, this talking about college just reminded me of something that I meant to tell you, which is I went to yeah. um, the Elite Eight on Thursday with our friend Chris Chen, and we yeah, it, it was at Staples Center, and in between right. games, in between games, Chen was like, "Oh, let's get food," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm really in the mood for a beer. I never feel that way, but I, I really like one." And so we go to one of the concessions. And Chen was like, it's, that's weird. All the taps are removed from this uh, beer, from like the the, right. the beer fountain. And we yes. go to the front and I was like, can I get a beer? And they're like, no, there's no alcohol no. in the entire building today. Right. And I was like, what? Right. Why did I come? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, the sponsor <laughs> wanted it that way. So I guess the sponsor means the NCAA because those yes, are also the rules at college correct. football games. Um, right. It was shocking and disappointing, and I wish that I had had thought of this beforehand and used one of the many methods our listeners have told us about to sneak alcohol into the games. <laughs> right, you could have brought, you could have put. Chris Chen would have gladly worn a beer belly for you. Yeah, absolutely. With, uh, you know the hollowed out inside. We could have put some ice in that thing. You could have had a you know a, a dozen beers inside of there. Yeah, I I was honestly like flummoxed. I was like, what? I'm so confused. <laughs> and like Staples has a lot of they've upgraded the food options lately, which also means they've upgraded the drink options. There's like a whole there's like a few bars inside of Staples. There's a club freaking inside of Staples. Hyde Lounge at Staples, and I couldn't believe that um it was all like wrecked for the stupid ass college basketball games but anyway no i will say you you, you got yeah and and it is disappointing the one way you might be able to get around it is if you get into one of the boxes uh if there happen to be beers already stocked in the fridge inside the boxes you can go ahead and liberate um the 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 refrigerators inside the box but that's a that's a senior level play yeah Uh, unfortunately chris chen should have known this i mean chris chen (laughs) should have known this and should have Got to, I mean, because Chris Chen knows everybody. He, she, he, he could have Im- immediately texted somebody inside of there and gotten you into a box. Let yeah. there be no doubt. I just don't think he cared that much about your beer, your beer problem. No, I wasn't looking to try that hard. It was also like a rainy Thursday, and I was like, all right, well, I guess yeah. it's just, it's just not my beer night. But it's so funny, I just never crave beer. And there, there, I get you. I that get was you. that was a personal food news interlude. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, uh, one final story. Also from Food Let's hear it. A guy bought a wrecked Domino's DXP and restored it, and now he's getting sued for the car. Sam Crack, a YouTuber, also just goes by Sam, paid $525 for a wrecked DXP in a co-part auction. He later made a series of videos where he fully restored the car, amassing over 2 million views on YouTube. This kid sounds smart. Apparently, that didn't sit too well with some, quote, organization who flagged one of the videos for trademark infringement. YouTube disagreed with the claim, which was apparently made by a Domino's franchisee, and the video stayed put. However, Sam was later contacted by a person affiliated with multiple pizza franchises that asked him to remove all Domino's markings and the proprietary warming oven from the car. Sam suggested that the two of them could work together, possibly using the car to donate pizzas to a local school for children with disabilities. The caller said they'd consider it, but insisted that his end game was getting the car back. A few days later, Sam received another call from the same party who made a $10,000 offer for the car. He said no. Then he was threatened with legal action and then multiple other offers. And out of frustration, he finally made a counter offer of $90,000 that resulted in the phone call ending. Domino's then confirmed to Jalopnik, the website, that an offer was made to Sam by a franchisee, how much he offered in return, and that the dispute had entered legal action. Sam has also recently purchased a second Domino's DXP for eight twenty five dollars and restored it, which also probably doesn't sit too well. So Sam has since hired an attorney to help him get through the legal process he's now facing for not giving up his car. I think this is fascinating. Um, 
I think that whoever it is that is is suing Sam is a moron, and I look very forward to them losing. And I hope the judge um, just dismisses this this matter uh, at the uh, complaint stage. The um, fact that that Sam bought this car, according to the story, uh, at an auction. So if uh, the Domino's franchisees would like to keep their cars from being made available to the general public. How how about this idea? Work it out with your insurance company, whoever it is that made the that subjected the car and put it into the auction process. This dude didn't do anything wrong. He's created a level of interest, two million views that you otherwise would not have had as it relates to this this vehicle. And he, he he he's done absolutely nothing wrong as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know what they've done wrong, what, what he's done wrong. And if they're like, maybe they just need to change their practices at Domino's. Like, it's not his problem that he was able to get this car. Exactly. He he legally obtained it. He got title f- to, to the car. Yeah. Uh, they made an offer to him and he told them, you haven't offered me en- enough. If they want the car back, offer him enough. How lucky we are that you're a lawyer. How lucky we are that you have this legal expertise to offer today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, down here in Jamaica, I'm not I'm not in the strongest sort of legal frame of mind. But (laughs) this this does get my ire up. Gets you right. Not my ire, my ire. That was awful. I can't believe I made that joke. I'm sorry. It's I like it. House of Carbs fans. I'm sorry. I like it. House sounds like you're doing great on vacation, and hopefully Sam, <laughs> Sam the YouTuber, will be able to win this one. Well, I'm very looking very forward to a week from um, today, the next time we convene for food news, because you'll be able to tell me about how Passover went, and well. I'll be able to tell you about all the food that I ate in Jamaica. Thanks, House. Have a great vacation. Thank you. Um, tell. Uh, Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg that a hot dog is not a sandwich, please. Okay, will do. All right, great. I appreciate it. All right, Hungry Homies, my thanks again to Chris Stang, Infatuation.com. Of course, my thanks to Juliet and my thanks, as always, to Mallory Rubin. Hungry Homies, what a show coming up next week. I will be Coming to you semi-live from Augusta, Georgia, my world's colliding golf and food. Bill Simmons is going to be part of the scene. I think we're going to try and order every single thing on the menu at Augusta National Golf Club and give that a taste test. I'm hoping to capture Bill Simmons' first experience with a pimento cheese sandwich. If you have any suggestions for us as to how we ought to tackle that menu or anything else in Augusta, Georgia, hit us up at the Instagram at the House of Carbs. But keep an eye out. We'll be on Instagram all week long. There will be plenty of food to go along with the golf. As always, we appreciate the listenership and let's stay hungry out there. <laughs>